Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Are you caring for an aging loved one? Are you a senior searching for answers? Welcome to Senior Care Live, a program dedicated to you. Providing information, education, and resources for seniors and their caregivers. And now, America's Senior Care Consultant, Steve Keeker. Hello and welcome to Senior Care Live. I'm Steve Keeker, your Senior Care Consultant, and I really appreciate you tuning in today. We have a wonderful program on tap today with my friend and special guest in studio, Mr. Bruce Glenn. He's the owner and CIO of the Glenn Team at Infinitas. And if you want to reach out to Bruce, we're going to cover some great information today. The number is 913-563-7327. And I know that's a Kansas City-based number. But Bruce and his team have clients literally in every state in the country. I think just about every state. I think we're in uh, 47 states. 47. Okay, so so we're just shy of every state, but almost every state. So that's the number that you want to reach out to, though. 913-563-7327. And Bruce, welcome back to Senior Care Live. Thanks, Steve. It's good to be back. I mean, I I kind of punted my duties the last (laughs) couple months between my daughter, Christina, who's a partner in my practice, and then... Uh, Melissa, another uh, advisor on my team as yep. well. So I, I understand they did a great job. They did fantastic. Yeah, that, that was really good information. And uh, it, we were giving you a little grief. We, <laughs> we were like, oh, Bruce who? Yeah. <laughs> I deserve it. <laughs> I was in no. California one week, and I uh, don't know if I was in Oklahoma or where I was at the next time. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, no. we About travel. We, we, we had a little fun at your expense. But uh, no, they, they did a great job. So. They did a great job. Well, here we are in the middle of July. Well, almost two thirds the way through July, which is uh, that's kind of shocking because didn't we just finish up with Christmas? I, I mean, seriously, I mean, the time is just flying by. I don't know where it's going. But uh, so July is a great time of the year to do that mid-year update. So what has happened in the markets uh, so far this year? You know, it's been crazy. I mean, really, even going back to covid I mean, you think COVID yeah. was three years ago. <laughs> See, and that doesn't seem three years it ago It doesn't either. seem like it at all to me. No, it, it's no. wild. But, yeah, so the markets, um, you know, we peaked on the Dow Jones and uh, NASDAQ and SP 500, the, the bigger market indexes, uh, latter part of 2021. And then, of course, 2022, we had high inflation. The Federal Reserve was kind of late to recognize that it wasn't temporary. They thought it was going to go away. It didn't. Mm-hmm. So they finally came to the party and realized they had to raise rates. So last year, of course, they raised rates, and which blew the market 
you know all the heck last year oh, stocks yeah. bonds everything yeah but then this year uh as as we got towards the end of last year the federal reserve came out and said okay we're beginning to see some improvement inflation's starting to come the right way we think we're closer to the end of rate hikes than not the market liked that so f- since the first year the markets have actually done pretty pretty good and we still have some volatility yeah. it still is very news driven and reports driven but overall inflation has come down more still not where they want it to be at they like it to be around two yeah. percent we're around five right okay so anyway since that's happened the markets have certainly uh, done a better job and you know, we've seen a nice rebound in both the bond market and more of the growth stock side of things seeing some pretty good improvement in internationals as well as the US market so kind of a, I would say a broad-based recovery and I think we're about halfway through that recovery right now okay all right. That sounds really good. And uh, uh, I, I always love good news. And I'll tell you what, you have to be really careful when you're listening to the, the, the mainstream media news. They, they love to uh, shower us with doom and gloom. So I, I always caution everyone, j- just be, be real careful where you get your news and maybe even turn the channel off. <laughs> you know? I always say it's storm of the century, hold through the commercials. It got to scare you. Yeah. <laughs> if it's puppy dogs, rainbows and sunshine, nobody's going to pay attention. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. So it's, it's good that we're, uh, I think, maybe heading in the right direction here. So what do you expect to see for the remainder of this year of 2023? Right. So let's start with the Fed. You know, they skipped a rate hike last meeting, and that's the first one that they hadn't done. They did like 10 in a row. Mm-hmm. And they paused. And they've they've said that they may do another rate hike or two the rest of this year, but not big ones is what they're anticipating. Maybe a quarter percent, maybe. Possibly. Maybe a couple of those, right? So we'll see next week what they end up doing at this next meeting coming up. But I don't think they're going to do anything crazy on rate hikes because there's a lot of internal and kind of behind-the-scenes inflation numbers are continuing to improve. So I think as long as we don't get another COVID or some kind of a crazy wild happening out yeah, there, yeah. I think we're going to see a steadier, continuing, improving markets through the end of this year. I don't know if we'll fully be back to where the peak was before this all happened, but I think we're going to get pretty close to it. Okay. And I'll tell you what, I, I love I love that optimism of, you know, we're headed in the right direction. So uh, so let's talk about the SECURE Act 2.0. Uh, that SECURE Act 2.0 made some changes to that required minimum distribution. So what do our listeners need to know about the, uh, the SECURE Act 2.0 and, uh, and, and these changes? Right. So going back on RMD, a little bit of history. So the RMD age, that's the age when uh, – Folks need to start taking some of their money out of their pre-tax bucket and moving it in, you know, moving it out of that shelter, and that causes a taxable event. It becomes ordinary income because you didn't pay taxes when you earned the money. So for the longest time, the age was seventy and a half, and, and then during COVID, they moved that out to seventy-two, and then this December when they did the Secure Act 2.0, they actually moved a current age group to starting at age seventy-three. And then in 10 years from now, it w- it'll be when you turn 75. So it's, they're kind of phasing in a few more age adjustments. But those yeah. are important because if you think about it, it gives you a few more years to consider doing Roth conversions, mm-hmm. which can kind of deflate that potential balloon note of that pre-tax money having to come out. Um, we also have the tax sunset. So right now we've got lower taxes, but that law is going to sunset 2025, depending on what happens with the presidential election. So that would be another reason to potentially do some Roth conversion, pay the taxes while it's a little bit lower as opposed to later. 
And But you always have to be cognizant of what it's going to do in your tax bracket and be aware of the fact, as you know, the Medicare uh, premium is adjusted by your means. Mm-hmm. And so you want to make sure you're not bo- boosting up your income level too high. And with that RMD, one last thought on that. I know we spoke in depth about this a couple of months back, but a reminder, you don't have to take – if you're charitable – in nature, and you're tithing some to the church or other mm-hmm. non-for-profits, you can take, you know, appropriate amount from your IRA account okay. and directly move it to uh, your non-for-profit. And if you didn't take direct possession of it, then you should be able to deduct that, and oh. that can help out quite a bit also. Okay. Well, And a lot of people uh, have charitable giving as part of their financial plan, and that way you could transfer that to your favorite charity, if it's a nonprofit, and uh, and not be taxed on that, and 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 make the donation without being taxed on. I mean, that's a that's a win win, right? And you satisfy the government because you've moved the money out of the tax shelter. Yeah. But, but like I said, but now if you, let's say that you take the money, it comes straight to your account, and then you tithe it over. Well, you received it, so you do have to pay taxes. On okay. That. So you know, I mean, there's there's some other little stipulations yeah. there, but at a high level, that's pretty much how it works. Okay. I'll bet a lot of folks did not know that. Um, and so if this is catching your attention, if you're learning new information that maybe you're like, you're like, oh, wait a minute. Why didn't I know that? Uh, you, maybe you want to get a second opinion on your financial portfolio. It's free of charge. I would reach out to Bruce Glenn and the Glenn team at Infinitas, 913-563-7327, and, uh, and learn some more and get a, get a second look. I think that's always a great idea. Uh, so bonds are something that many people invest in. So uh, can you explain you know, what a bond is and, and how that works, uh, and then maybe you know, some of the benefits of having bonds in your uh, portfolio? Yeah, thanks, Steve. So let's take 2022 off the equation for this moment, right? So generally speaking, bonds are a counterbalance to stocks. Typically speaking, throughout most of history, if the stock market was down, the bond market was steadier or even up. Okay. And it, it adds some stability, but it also creates predictable income and getting your principal back when the bond matures. So stability, some principal uh, income that you can rely on is kind of the main things with the bonds. Okay. All right. And uh, uh, so so that, I mean, that that makes a lot of sense. And, and again, I think a lot of people may have bonds in their portfolio. And I, I love that. I love that term of counterbalance. It, when you explain things, I understand it, <laughs> right? And so many times it, it kind of goes over your head. And so a, a counterbalance, and, and if the stock market is down a little bit, the bonds are steady and maybe a little bit up, and it it's a nice, it is a nice counterbalance. Yeah, it's kind of a teeter-totter. Sometimes both of them are up and even. Sometimes one's down, the other one's up, and vice versa. In most cases. Last year was a conundrum. We can get into that a little bit yeah. later if you like. Yeah, yeah, Okay. Yeah, in, in the last few years, I mean, nothing has been very normal. So. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so again, you're hearing from one of the premier financial experts in the entire country, Bruce Glenn, with the Glenn team at Infinitas, 913-563-7327. That's 913-563-7327. And now the Senior Care Live question of the week. The way we feel about what happens in the market can influence our behavior and affect our investments. In other words, our emotions can affect our investments. Is that statement true or false? What do you think? 
You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, visit SeniorCareLive.com. We'll have more with Steve coming up next. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, go to SeniorCareLive.com. All right, back to the Senior Care Live question of the week. The way we feel about what happens in the market can influence our behavior and affect our investments. In other words, our emotions can affect our investments. Is that statement true or false? And the answer is... True. The answer is true. And Bruce, you are one. And I'm, I'll tell you what, I, I always learn something when I talk to you. I was not aware of this. You are one of the very few certified behavioral financial analysts in the entire country. That is really impressive and really cool. So you are the absolute perfect person to address this question. So uh, why is that statement true? Yeah, thanks, Steve. And back to the CBFA, I say psycho geeks, you might want to run for the door. Uh Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So unfortunately, uh, folks are uh, emotionally driven. And when the news is bad, the markets are down and they get fearful. A lot of people will actually get out of their investments and move to cash or money market. The problem is you you lock in a loss at that point. And then, you know, when do people get back in? When it feels better, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And when it feels better, it's always higher, it's than, higher. Where they sold, yeah, than where they sold out at. <laughs> and you just can't make money by selling low and buying high. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's another fear. It's not that, you know, you have the fear of loss, but then there's also that fear of missing out. And that's when now all of a sudden the markets are making new highs. And I would caution our listeners today. I think we're going to see, you know, I'm starting to see kind of a groundswell of the recovery kind of boosting up a pretty good little, you know, jump start right in here. It's been getting better, but it's kind of a, a bigger jump start right now. And if, if people start hearing about, oh, it's, you know, news is great again, it's sunshine, it's never going to rain again, yeah. they're, they're going to be apt to, to jump in too quick sometimes. So you want to make sure you're at the right risk level for you. And, uh, and that depends on your age and your risk tolerance and your expectations and what you need. I mean, there's a lot that goes into that. Right. And how much money you have. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if you've got a bazillion dollars, you can sit at the money market and not make anything on your money and you're fine because you've got all the money you need. Yeah. Or yeah. if you're way behind, you might be apt to go chasing returns, which can also be bad because then you're taking too much risk. Yeah. So yeah. you need to be at a risk that you can stay the course throughout the market ups and downs. You know, the market's undefeated. It's never not come back and made a new high. But we don't know how long it takes to get back up from you know, the mm-hmm. drops that it has. Yeah, you yeah. know, I'm not predicting the future, but that's just the history of the yeah, markets. Yeah, yeah. So you know, there's one thing that I always, you know, in our industry, most people talk about, you know, investments being a big part of what you do, and obviously it is, and the planning side being the other piece of it. The way I look at it, it's actually three pillars of your of your financial world. Mm-hmm. It's the investments, it's the planning. Are you saving enough? Are you doing the right tax planning? So on and so forth. But I think as important, if not more important, is the behavioral side of it. Are you reacting the way you should react, or are you doing the wrong things of selling low and buying high and mm. you know, trying to day, tra- day trade the market, get in and out, and things like that? Those things just throughout time don't work. You really just can't time the market. Yeah, and, and if you could time the market, first of all, you would be a bazillionaire. <laughs> and then you <laughs> right? would teach everyone else how to do it, <laughs> and, right? and just the world doesn't work that way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I will say this. You know, When you look at the market histories and when they have the downturns, I can see 
in most cases, pretty close to the bottom. I may not catch it exactly right. It's hard to pick the top because, you know, a top, may, you know, the market may seem like, hey, it's over exuberant, it's overheated, we should get out of it. But I've seen those markets continue to run upward a lot, lot further, and you could miss a lot. Yep. But at the bottom, you get to a certain point where the value is so good, you just can't ignore it. Yeah. And those are cases where if you've got fresh money, invest while it's low. Yep. And you can take your risk and maybe go a little bit more risk on into the market when you, when it feels like it's at a bottom and the yeah. market's on sale better. Yeah. If it's on sale, you can afford maybe a little more risk. So right. it just makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense. So if this makes sense to you and if this is all news to you or uh, unfamiliar, uh, I would I would suggest getting a second opinion and maybe consider making a change uh, with uh, Bruce Glenn and the Glenn team at Infinitas. Just reach out to this phone number. This phone number is good all over the country. They have they have clients in 47 out of the 50 states. 913-563-7327 and ask for a free second opinion. 913-563-7327. And Bruce, you know, so many people want to keep cash on hand and you know, maybe in their local bank. So is, is there something else they could be doing that will yield them maybe a higher interest rate and still have cash available if they need it? Yeah, great question, Steve. And you know, I always suggest that people keep you know three to six months of fairly liquid money available in case they do have a, a problem of short financial shortfall. But you know, we actually have um, what we call brokered CDs. They're CDs from your regular banks, but across the country that sell on the secondary market. And right now, and this is pretty normal. Right now, I'm seeing anywhere from a half percent to even a full percent better yield on some banks we're finding across the country hmm. than what we're finding right here in the Midwest. Okay. So there, that's always an option you can look that, at. That is interesting. I didn't know you could do that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we, you know, our broker dealer, we've got a, a great um, tap into that secondary market. And then, there, you know, money markets, we're seeing some really good rates. And, and rates change, so I can't say it on the radio show because yeah. some of this is recorded sure. and some of it will be, yeah. you know, heard later. But I'm seeing anywhere from 1% to 5% better yield on, like, our premier money market than what a lot of the local banks, a lot of local banks are still just paying, you know, a fraction of a percent. Yeah. It, yeah. It's bad. They, a lot of them haven't even reacted to the fact that the Fed's raised rates. Uh-huh. So they're really trying to cash in on money off the backs of our local clients. So we, we try and help out by shopping the whole market. And so shopping the whole market means you're not only looking locally, you are looking at opportunities nationally for your clients. Absolutely. Yeah. And see, I love the holistic approach. Uh, I love that you are a broker and you can look at, you're not just locked into one type of investment or investments from one particular company. You you can shop the market to truly, truly learn what would be best for your client. Right. And that's the part of being a fiduciary. We're yeah. doing things for our client's best interest. And, yeah. You know, wherever that takes us to find what they need at their risk level. All right. So see, I, I love that. So um, okay, so back to you. Kind of gave us a little teaser in the <laughs> in the in the first segment. Uh, what did happen in the bond market uh, over this past year? So, fair warning, I get pretty passionate about this. So, a bond is a, a, a loan that you're giving to a company or maybe a municipality, and they're promising to give you payments, uh, usually with uh, you know every month or whatever the, the time frame is, and then give you all of your money back at maturity, and. Your bonds, being an investment, they have to have a value stated on their statement. And that statement, that value is, if I trade it before they mature, 
uh, what are they going to be worth? Like a CD. If I sold a CD early, I might have to pay a penalty, right? Mm-hmm. So the same thing with bonds. If you sell it early, you're going to get more, less, or the same as what you paid for it. But if you hang on to it, you're going to keep getting that payment they promise you, and you're going to get your money back at maturity, provided they don't take a default, which defaults have been historically low. So yeah. that's, that's been fairly risk-free. Sure. But on paper, when the Federal Reserve raises rates, the gap of how good your bond was isn't quite as good as it was before they raised rates on the, at the Fed level. Okay. And on paper, it looks like you lost money. You didn't lose anything. Yeah. So that, that's kind of a conundrum there where people – Think they lost money in bonds. They really didn't. If you hold on to them, they're going to pay off. They're going to keep paying your payment, and, and you're you're good. And then and then you get your your investment back at, at maturity. Right. So so that is so if that seems confusing to you, and and you're like, well, well, wait a minute. What what Bruce just said actually makes sense. Again, that has not been explained to me in that way. Again, reach out for a second opinion. With Bruce Glenn and the Glenn team at Infinitos nine one three five six three. 7327. And Bruce, thanks so much for coming in today. That was just just phenomenal information. Thank you. Fun as always. Thanks, Steve. All right. I'll be back with more coming up next. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. Have a question? Visit SeniorCareLive.com. Stick around. We'll have more with Steve coming up next. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For podcasts of the program, visit SeniorCareLive.com or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so we're going to shift gears here a little bit. And uh, I, we, we've had some price changes in the market. I think it's happening all over the country and so I wanted to talk about this. It's been a little while since I've I've addressed this. So first of all, last week I did speak about uh, home care, home care services. That's non medical in home assistance in your home, and a home care provider can send someone into your home to help you with those activities of daily living. Usually, there's a two or three hour minimum. They may have something, you know, maybe shorter time frame than that, but usually two, three hour minimum, all the way up to 24 hour per day care. Now, after COVID, uh, all of a sudden there were fewer people. I don't know where all of these folks went. (laughs) It seems like almost every single industry, well, we don't have enough people to work. And that is just crazy. I don't know where all these folks went. If anyone knows, please inform me <laughs> because I, I haven't I can't figure that out. But uh, I, I know a lot of folks are, are you know leaving corporate America and starting their own business. I'm getting a lot of inquiries about uh, owning senior care consulting franchises, you know, all around the country. And that is uh, that's uh, wonderful. But I, I'm just I'm not sure where a lot of these folks are going or what they're doing. But the bottom line is in the home care business. There are fewer people working in home care. So if you want the best staff available, you're going to have to pay more. And then what does that do to the rates? That increases the rates. So I talked about that last week and how to go about screening maybe your top three home care providers to find the best fit for you and then make a make a choice based off of that screening tool so had a lot of folks respond and say hey i would love uh, my free copy of that home care provider screening tool so i I hope that has helped uh, a lot of you out all you know all around the country 
and uh, and I'm happy to do that. But home care went from a you know twenty to twenty twenty three dollars an hour, maybe up to twenty five, twenty six, twenty seven dollars an hour in that neck of the woods, and it, it was there for quite a while. Well, all of a sudden, it's at least $30 an hour, upwards of maybe $35, $36 an hour. And, and that's a sizable increase, uh, if especially if you're looking at 24-hour care. So I talked about that last week, but let's move on to uh, if you should choose to move to a senior care community. Uh, we I want to just talk about what they are, what they offer, and then I also want to talk about the cost. So if you should move, again, from your home to that entry level would be an independent living apartment. And that would be, you know, your own apartment. Uh, It's typically a downsize from your house. Uh, Although most folks that I work with, they're not using their entire house. They're using a percentage of their house. So uh, as far as usable space, it's actually not bad. But it's usually a downsize, no doubt about it. They provide one or two meals per day, maybe all three, but at least one meal a day and typically a couple meals a day. There may be some transportation that runs out to the grocery store once a week, runs to the maybe uh, you know a, a Target or a, a, another store just to get stuff uh, uh, you know, once a week. They go out on outings. There's a lot of socialization opportunities. Uh, you can push a button and someone will check on you. There's not care available direct, directly from direct care staff at the independent living level, uh, but they can check on you. And if there's an issue, they can call 911 and come and be with you until your family and emergency uh, medics you know, show up. They can do that. Uh, so you, you're you on your own, but you're definitely not alone. And there, there's a lot of nice support there, but you don't have to worry about personal property taxes and the water bill and the electric bill and keeping up the maintenance and mowing the lawn and scooping the snow, all that stuff. Okay. So it's a, it's, it's a a very nice step uh, away from that responsibility of home ownership. And uh, you have pretty much almost everything done for you. And, uh, and you have your own space, but you're around a lot of other people and other opportunities. So that's that entry level. Uh, that could be anywhere. It depends on the size of your apartment. Primarily, could be anywhere from thirty five hundred dollars a month to maybe you know fifty five hundred dollars a month, uh, and that's just kind of an average range depending on where you live and again the size of the apartment and how nice the place is. It could be a little less than that. It could you could definitely spend more than that on a very large you know high end apartment, but that's kind of right down the middle. And so that is your entry level. When you're moving from your home to a senior care community and you want to just let your hair down and move in and have most everything taken care of for you. All right. And then the center lane of and I wish I wish you could see my graphic. I give presentations all the time. I gave a a great presentation to a wonderful group this last week. Maybe I'll talk about that here in the near future. But uh, uh, that center lane is uh, generally referred to as assisted living. Now, assisted living is a social model that will help you with your activities of daily living, bathing, dressing, grooming, using the restroom. They help with incontinence management to a point if that's necessary. They distribute your medications. That's super important. At that point, they prepare all of your meals and provide snacks and hydration throughout the day. 
doctors make house calls and come to you, uh, essentially making a house call. There's a full slate of activities for meaningful social engagement. There's transportation out to see a doctor outside of the building or maybe see a specialist. So there is a lot of support at the assisted living level, but it's just not medical in nature. Okay, but there's a lot of support. And that assisted living level of care, that's going to run. Well, first of all, let me explain kind of this price difference here. A, it depends on the size of your apartment. So a studio apartment will cost less than a one bedroom and cost less than a two bedroom. Okay, so the size of your apartment impacts the cost. And then how much care you will require, that also will impact the cost. And so if you move in, everybody might pay X dollars of a base charge. And then if you need a little help, it's a little more. If you need a lot of help, it will be you know, quite a bit more than that. So the, the goal there is that you're, you're paying for what you need and what you use. So that's the range. I would say right down the middle, depending, again, the size of your apartment and how much care and support you need, uh, $6,000 to $8,000 per month is very, very common. Now, if you're doing pretty well, you just need a little bit of support and you're in a small studio apartment, you might be able to go a little bit less than that. And again, it also depends on what market and what part of the country you're in. Uh, If you have a larger apartment, and you need a lot more care. It could go a little higher than eighty, uh, than eight thousand, maybe you know, eighty five hundred, upper eight thousands, maybe nine thousand. But uh, six to eight, kind of right down the middle. Okay, and then if you move to the highest level of care, I refer to that as long term care. Many people still refer to that as a nursing home, but that is the medical model. That's the medical level of care. So they provide all of the support that you would see in assisted living plus full medical care. They can do diabetic management with insulin injections, pain management. They can provide wound care if you have any skin breakdown issues. They can provide catheter care. They can manage a peg tube or a feeding tube if, uh, if, if that is necessary. They can handle all of your oxygen, work with a CPAP or a BiPAP. Uh, so they, there's special bedding uh, if, you, if you need a special low air loss mattress. So there, there's a lot of medical support there uh, as well. And you have a lot more RNs and LPNs on staff, more staffing in general. And so that's that highest level of care, long-term care. They can provide a two-person transfer, use mechanical lifts if necessary to help a a resident move from point A to point B. This is where I've noticed a big jump here locally in the Kansas City market, and I'm hearing about it around uh, other parts of the country as well. So uh, hang on to your checkbook. (laughs) For a shared room in long-term care, we're now looking at, uh, this is right down the middle, $8,500 to $9,200 a month. And that's a semi-private room or a shared room. You have a roommate, and there's not a lot of space there. Space goes at a premium in long-term care. It's mostly about the care and the support that you get, not necessarily about the room that you have. Now, if you want a private room, uh, it, we're now looking at a solid $10,000, maybe $10,500, all the way up to about $15,000 per month. 
Okay, so and I, if you're driving, I hope I didn't cause you to swerve <laughs> out of your lane or anything like that. So, uh, but anyway, so those are the three primary, the, the the three big levels that we're going to talk about. Coming up next, I'm going to talk about a couple of other levels of care in that center lane, and then I'm going to move on and talk about memory care and CCRCs. You don't want to miss that. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. To contact Steve or a guest on his show, visit SeniorCareLive.com. We'll have more coming up. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. Have a question? Visit SeniorCareLive.com. All right, so we're going back to the cost of senior care. I started off talking about home care, and we've I've seen just a really big jump in the last six, seven months, maybe eight months uh, on uh, in the home care area. And then we have uh, all of these costs are going up quite a bit. But I think the biggest jump, again, that I mentioned uh, earlier, uh, just just this last segment, was in the long-term care. You know, that used to be pretty typical around 220 to 250 a day. And it, it, all of a sudden, it just jumped up to 300 to about $310 a day. Uh, maybe even a little bit higher than that, 320, 325. So uh, all, all of a sudden, that really took a big jump, and that's been very, very recently. So these prices are getting out of control. When I, when I, I was on the Peter Newman show last week, Moneyline, uh, I think he's had that show. It was the second financial-based talk radio program in the entire country behind one out of uh, New York uh, backed by ABC uh, many years ago. He's been on the, he's been already about 37, 38 years. And he asked me about long-term care insurance and I'll, I, I'm not going to break all of that down today, I, but look, that's just no longer uh, a, uh, a good idea to have with, with these prices. I, I think it's a gotta have, I mean, you, you gotta have that. Otherwise I don't care how much money you have, <laughs> like, like at home care, $25,000 a month. Okay. That's a lot of money. Uh, you know, ten to fifteen thousand dollars a month living in long-term care for a private room—it's a lot of money. Uh, so that long-term care insurance can help offset that. So let's jump back into that center lane of assisted living. Uh, graphically here, if if you could see my graph, uh, maybe one of these days we're going to get all of this on television. I'm working on that, by the way. Uh, but uh, we have a, a residential care level of care. And uh, that's basically, I'm generally speaking, not every time, but generally speaking, that's a little bit uh, like assisted living on the lighter end of it. Okay, maybe not quite as much staff. The residents are a little more independent. They don't need quite as much help. So you're going to be looking at maybe thirty five hundred to four thousand on the lower side, maybe up to about six thousand uh, dollars. And again, there's a lot less support there than you would see in a typical assisted living community. On the higher end of assisted, that wide assisted living lane, uh, I like to talk about this uh, all the time. I think it's an underutilized level of care. It's called Home Plus. Now, that's a Kansas licensure designation. A lot of other states just call it assisted living, but you'll see a capacity of eight or maybe upwards of maybe about 12 
residents and so uh, in a community. So what that's saying, it, it, the Home Plus level of care is a, a higher end of assisted living level of care, but it's provided in a house. So someone will buy a ranch-style house and modify that to accommodate living quarters for up to 12 individuals. Or you might build a brand new ranch style house and uh, and and take care of it that way. But uh, those the cost of that is somewhere I would say seventy five hundred ish would be on the lower end of it, all the way up to about ninety five hundred. That's a solid solid price range uh, for the home plus level of care. And then if you if you hear the term memory care again, I, I've talked about this many times before. Memory care is not a place. And memory care is not a level of care. Okay, I've always said that memory care is a special type of care for a resident with cognitive impairment. So if that makes sense to you, memory care can be provided at the residential care level of care where you don't need a whole lot of help. You require a little bit of support. Memory care can be provided at the assisted living level of care Memory care can be provided at the Home Plus level of care. And, of course, memory care can be provided at the long-term care or the nursing home level of care. It just depends on how much support you need. And then there is that extra layer, that special care provided for residents with cognitive impairment. Hopefully that makes sense. If it doesn't call me, I'll explain it to you. (laughs) And then we have, if you glue all of that together, and again, in my graph, I wish you could see it, I just put a line all the way across the top. It's all of the above. So in a continuing care retirement community, and my firm, Senior Care Consulting, we're working with more and more couples and individuals wanting to downsize, sell their house and downsize, and then move into an independent living apartment. And then the whole concept there is that you can age in place. So maybe a few years or you know longer, usually a few years down the road, if you need a little bit of help, you can transition to the assisted living part of that community and get that help with that support of your activities of daily living, like I talked about previously. If you need more help than that, you can very easy, easily and seamlessly transition to the long-term care part of that community where you can get that full care, that full medical model, and they can take care of all of your needs. And the concept is to age in place and never have to change your address or never have to leave that organization. That's the whole concept of a continuing care retirement community. And again, that's the hardest one for your average person out there to fig- to negotiate and, and to navigate and figure out which one is the best for you. Uh, because you have all kinds of layers <laughs> that you have to deal with. So we first of all, we have three different levels. We have independent living, assisted living, and long-term care. Many of these places have what's called an entrance fee. It's that six-figure upfront entrance fee. Some people refer to that as a buy-in and, and they're maybe some different terms that are used, but it, really it's an entrance fee is what is what it's called. But not all continuing care retirement communities have entrance fees. A lot of my clients don't want to tie up dollars in an in, they in an entrance fee. They just don't want to tie it up. They would rather leave that with their financial advisor 
where they have that invested in making them money, and they would rather just pay for what they need as they go. So some CCRCs are rental only. You just pay for what you need as you go. All right, and then you have contracts. If you do have an entrance fee, pretty typical to see a 90% refundable contract, but some of them are 80, 70, 50. Some of them have no return, and uh, it gets really, really complicated uh, at that. So, again, if you have questions about that, uh, seriously, reach out to my firm, Senior Care Consulting. We would be honored to discuss how we can help you find any of these levels of care, whether it's independent living. Uh, most of our work, frankly, uh, has to do with finding the right assisted living community, long-term care community, uh, or continuing care retirement community. And many of our clients need memory care either right away or we're going to plan to have memory care available for us down the road. So again, if you need help, if you have questions about how we can help you uh, get it right and find the best best place and the right fit available, 913-945-2800. 913-945-2800. That's good anywhere in the country. Or visit us online at SeniorCareConsulting.com. All right, I'm Steve Keeker, and I wish you grace and peace. May God bless you and your family on this day and always. Join me next week right here on Senior Care Live. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.